This is Jerry McGee. Thank you for listening in. We are on the radio the second, I'm sorry, the first and the third Tuesdays of each month on Blog Talk Radio from 6 to 8 p.m. Appreciate you listening in. And um, anyway, I'm going to teach a message and then I'll share about the ministry. And if anybody needs prayer, you can call in at the end of the, of the, the show at 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. Be happy to pray for you. Um, the title of the message tonight is The Controlling Spirit. And tonight I basically want to address, um, in this teaching we'll be talking about the controllers and the controlled. A controller is someone that controls someone else, and the controlled is someone who allows uh, a person or persons to control them. And, you know, the stronger the control, the more likely you are to face very unpleasant and unhealthy circumstances, can even cause uh, consequences of sickness and disease of being controlled. Anyway, God doesn't want anybody to control you. He wants to control you by his Holy Spirit. And uh, when you allow others to control you, what happens is it violates your conscience. And God gave you the conscience, and he wants you to keep a clear conscience. And uh, I've been a controller, and I've been controlled. Uh, years ago, uh, in my first marriage, I think I was a controller. My husband left me for his secretary. Because of that, uh, I didn't want that to happen again, and I married a man, and I let him control me. And, you know, God wants us to submit to authority, but as unto the Lord. God taught me through 27 years of being married to this man. He taught me the difference between listening to his voice, and listening to a demon speaking through someone. You know, if a voice speaks through anyone and that voice contradicts the word of God, you know you're listening to the voice of a stranger and not the voice of Jesus. Jesus said, my sheep, that's his children, hear my voice and they obey me and they will not follow the voice of a stranger. The voice of a stranger is the voice of another. And praise God, after being controlled for 27 years, I think God allowed this for me to see what it's like on both ends. God doesn't want you to control, and he doesn't want you to be controlled. You know, a good example, basically a controlling spirit is a Jezebel spirit. And a good example, an earthly example of Jezebel spirits, and men can be Jezebels too, is uh, Edith Bunker and uh, oh, what's his name, the guy that was all in the family, Oh, what's, I can't think of the guy's name, but his wife was Edith Bunker. Was She was a typical Ahab, and the husband was a typical um, Jezebel. Basically, another word for Jezebel is an antichrist spirit. 
because a person that controls others is not the least bit interested in letting God control them. And so, first of all, I want to say that not all control is negative. You know, we need positive control. Wives need to submit to their husbands as unto the Lord, as they would submit to the Lord. And God wouldn't ever uh, tell us anything that doesn't line up with the Word of God. So anything that's not lining up with the Word of God is not God's voice. Our parents need to control their children. I see children nowadays, basically, I see people raising little Jezebels. I know situations where every time a kid squawks, they give him exactly what he wants. And God doesn't want that. He tells parents to train up children in the way they should go. And bad, negative, morose behavior is not acceptable or rebellious behavior. Uh, Also, uh, governmental laws controlling criminals to protect people. And um, obeying rules is um, not what we're talking about. We're talking about demonic control. And to be controlled in the negative is to be oppressed. Uh, to keep down by severe and unjust use uh, or force or authority, to weigh heavily on, to overwhelm or crush, to make gloomy and and, um, low-spirited, means to depress, oppress, sadden, weigh down, make a slave of, uh, to enthrall, to subjugate, to subject, to place a physical or an emotional burden or encumber uh, a load to overburden, to overload, to overrestrain, um, to task, handicap, charge, weigh down, depress, oppress, saddle, strain, dampen. Um, it means to cast down, to discourage, to dishearten, to dispirit, to oppress, sadden, weigh down, press, to treat unjustly or unjustly or injustly, to abuse, afflict, ill-treat, ill-use, to wrong, to to um, grieve, to distress, to to harm, to maltreat, misuse, manhandle, molest, torture, torment, enslave, victimize, oppress, persecute. So if you are being controlled, you are. All of those things are happening to you in one way or the other. You know, Jesus tells us to come under him. He says in Matthew 11, 28, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon your neck and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul, for my burden is light and my load is easy. And so for us to wear the yoke of Jesus, we have to come under his control and if we're under his control, we can't let anyone else control us. I see I see wives controlling so many husbands, and I see very few husbands controlling wives, and that's not right. It grieves God, and it grieves, um, it grieves me to see this. And so the scripture says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. And God wants us to live in his presence. The Bible says God will... Uh, stand up in judgment against the oppressor And a person who is a controller Is an oppressor God's against the one Who oppressively controls people And has a controlling spirit But the scripture says He's supporting of the one Supports the one with the humble of heart The scripture says He gives grace to the humble The scripture says he But he sees the haughty from afar 
for us to have his grace, we have to humble ourselves under his yoke. <clears throat> and you know our neck is only made for one yoke, and it's the yoke of Jesus. And it's light and easy, and we find rest for our soul, and his burden is light, and his load is easy, and he becomes our teacher. Isaiah three twelve through 14 says, Oh, my people, their oppressors are children and women rule over them. As you listen to this, if you're a man or a woman, are you letting a woman rule over you? Um, Wives, are you ruling over your husbands? Are you allowing your children to rule over you? I know families where the children rule, where the children are in control. And this is what this scripture is talking about. It says, and women rule over men. Oh, my people, those who guide you, lead you astray and confuse the direction of your paths. You know, when you're controlled, you live in a state of confusion. Isaiah 3.13 says, The Lord arises to contend and stands to judge the people. Psalm 72.4 says, May he vindicate the afflicted of the people and save the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. So oppressors get crushed. You know, you can go through the Bible, do a word study on oppress and oppressor, and you can see that God... Um, wants to vindicate us from the oppressor. Proverbs three thirty one through thirty two says, "Do not envy a man of violence, and do not choose any of his ways, for the devious are an abomination to the Lord, but he is intimate with the upright." Proverbs twenty eight verse sixteen in the New American Standard says. A leader who's a great oppressor lacks understanding. Of course, understanding is the truth that sets us free. It says, but he who hates unjust gain will prolong his life or his days. Isaiah 14, verse 4 and 5, and it's really describing Satan. It says, and he will say, he will, and it will be in the day when the Lord gives you rest from your pain and your turmoil and your harsh service in which you've been enslaved. We know that hasn't happened yet that you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon, which is Satan, and you'll say how the oppressor has ceased and how fury has ceased because there's going to come a day when Satan will no longer be allowed to oppress. And when someone controls you, they're controlled by Satan. The Bible says that, that a controlling spirit is a spirit of witchcraft. Isaiah 51, 11-13 says, So the ransomed of the Lord will return and come with joyful sounds to Zion, and everlasting joy will be on their heads. Then they will obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sadness will flee away. Uh, Isaiah 51, 12 says, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man? who dies, and of the Son of Man, who is made like grass. That you have forgotten, uh, 51 verse 13, and you have forgotten the Lord your Maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, that you fear continuously all day long because of the fury of the oppressor. So, when we let people oppress us and control us, it's basically rooted in fear. As he makes ready to destroy, but where is the fury of the oppressor? Jeremiah 22, 3, thus says the Lord, 
do justice and righteousness and deliver the one who has been robbed from the power of his oppressor. And in this teaching, um, our goal is to free everyone who's listening from a controlling spirit and from a spirit of control. And as I share these different points here in a minute, be sure and be repenting of everything that I'm showing you because as you repent, demons have to leave. James 4, 7, deliverance in a nutshell says, give yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. So the more you repent over this message, the more deliverance you're going to get. And even after you listen, go back and listen again until God sets you free. You know, if you, if you drive up your car across the pasture, I live in the country, and if you make ruts, and you drive that car in, in across the pasture, and you do that for 50 years or 30 years or 20 years, there's a rut. It's hard to get out of the ruts. And when you've been trained up to be controlled, you're in a rut, and you're going to have to break out of there. And only the resurrected life of the Lord Jesus can break you free from it. Galatians 5, 13 through 18 says, For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh and through love serve one another. In the following scriptures, you can see a spirit of control at work. Potiphar's wife, for example, was trying to get David to go to bed with him. And that was manipulation. And of course, you know, he went, they, the Potter, Potiphar, because she wouldn't go to bed with him, um, she was infuriated. So she just t- told her husband that he did, Potiphar, that. He did, and Potter, and then he ended up in prison. Another example was Delilah trying to get Samson to reveal the secrets of his strength, and that's in Judges 16, 5 through 21. She certainly had a Jezebel spirit. Another is Ahab. He was sulking about Nabob's vineyard. He wanted it, and he was depressed, and he was in bed, and he wasn't eating. And, um, and Jezebel said, I'll get it for you. And, you know, the story, what she did is she went and saw that Nabob was put to death and then um, got the vineyard for Ahab. Another another example was Martha um, appealing to Jesus to make Mary help her. And that's in Luke 10, 38 through 42. And then Elamus, the sorcerer, tried to turn the proconsul away from Christianity in Acts 13, 6 through 12. And the story of Jezebel is in 1 Kings 21, 7. And we know she had uh, Nabob killed, Nabob's killed, so she could get the vineyard for Ahab. An oppressing, controlling spirit wants power, and they don't care how they get it. They'll go to any length to get control. And God wants us to be under his control, under the Holy Spirit. And Romans 8, 12 says, So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For you are, if you're living according to the flesh, you must die. And you know something? After I realized, I didn't realize it when I was a controller. Um, I didn't realize all this because I was probably a fairly... Oh, had been a Christian probably four or five years and wasn't in deliverance then. But um, after I was controlled for 27 years, and people that know me uh, probably would find that hard to believe, but I was. And I just, when God broke that control, and it took a whole two years of praying about it, 
Lord, show me what you want me to do. Because someone said, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to uh, ever get free of this, you're going to have to quit cooperating with it. And, you know, to me, it was easier just to cooperate with it than cause the hell I'd have to pay when I didn't allow myself to be controlled. But then I realized if, if, if we, um, if we're living across the flesh, according to the flesh, we'll die. I just decided one day, hey, I'd rather, you know, I don't, if I'm going to die for living after the flesh, I like my flesh better than I like somebody else's, but I don't like it. I thank God I don't like my flesh, but that's what I was thinking. If, if letting someone control you is living after their flesh, then you're going to die. So um, God says don't live after the flesh. But if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For the one who's being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So if you're not letting the Spirit of God lead you, you're not a son of God. It's there, for we have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but we've received the spirit um, whereby we cried, Abba, Father. So if we're walking in fear, we are under a spirit of slavery dominated by that spirit of fear our whole life. So we either walk in the spirit or we are walking in the flesh. Galatians 5:22 through 25 says when we're walking in the spirit it says when you're controlled by the holy spirit which your life will produce the fruit of the spirit and of course when we're controlled by the holy spirit we're going to choose death to our flesh give up our life that we might find it and then when we die to ourselves then the life of Jesus comes through and his character and nature is produced which is love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness self-control and it goes on to say again such there is no law now when we let someone else control us um we're living after the flesh and galatians 5:19 gives us a list of fleshly activities in verse 18 says but if you're led by the spirit you're not under the law and of course if you're not being led by the spirit you come under god's law and the demons are the executors of god's law it says now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things shall not, shall not, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It's not a one-time sin. It's a lifestyle um, of letting people control you or, um, you know, like drunkenness, for example, there's spiritual drunkenness and physical drunkenness. The church in America is so sick because many, most, many, many places where you go, um, they're into all kinds of drunken spirits, drunkenness. Um, uh, there's, there's a ministry out in California that's uh, sucking graves, laying on graves, I guess wanting power. The only thing you're going to get by doing that is a demon. You're not going to get any kind of anointing of the Holy Spirit. You're going to get demons through doing that. They're tattooing their bodies. They're um, they're into Ouija boards and all kinds of stuff, and they don't know what they're doing is they're getting demonic power rather than Holy Spirit power, and they're calling it the Holy Spirit. So be careful. If what people are doing or the churches you're under, if they're not sitting under the Word of God, if they're not teaching you the Word of God, teaching you to repent, and if you don't go home more motivated to love Jesus than when you came, you need to find another church. And it's hard, they're hard to find, but God will show you one. 
Uh, the other words for a demonic spirit of control is Jezebel, Antichrist, a Pharisee spirit, a religious spirit, um, and also it's a witchcraft. And that's exactly what it is. The characteristic of witchcraft is that they're manipulating people to control their get to get their own way. Uh, they are um, influencing people, manipulating other people um, to carry out their own personal advantage. And that's what witches do. They speak curses to try to control to how to dominate people. The controlling spirit seeks to choke out the spirit of God in a person's life and is also related to a python spirit, which uh, sucks and stifles the life out of a person uh, who is victim of its control. A python spirit, you know, a python wraps itself around someone until it kills it of the person. The controlling spirit is the number one enemy of faith. You know, God says the just shall walk by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And without a clear conscience, you can't have a strong faith. And if somebody's controlling you, I can tell you you're doing things that violate your conscience. First John 3.21 says, if your conscience is clear, you have confidence before God. And so you lose your confidence when you let someone control you. And the person who has a controlling spirit um, leaves no room for individuality uh, and, 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 and doesn't give a person individual freedom um, in, the, in the lives of those they control. The Holy Spirit is limited in the life of a person who is a controller and also who is being controlled. In fact, they, uh, when we are a controller or we're being controlled, we quench and grieve the Holy Spirit because it's total idolatry. Controllers can be weak or strong. They can be male or female. They can be young or old. I know who I was trying to think of a while ago. Archie Bunker is an example of a man who has a Jezebel controlling spirit. And Edith Bunker is a picture of a person who is decontrolled. And um, that's a good example. Galatians, you know, whenever you let someone control you, you get to be like a gibbering idiot, for example. You know, when I was controlled, I, w- I would constantly, I did this at least three times, I would, because it was, I would leave the freezer, I'd forget to shut the, I mean, I shut the freezer and it wouldn't go all the way. I burned the freezer up like a couple of times. And, of course, my husband was right when he screamed at me. But, you know, after he went, after he was no longer here, and after he died, I haven't I haven't done that since. It's like when you're so controlled, you can't even make a, a decent um, decision. Galatians five sixteen says, "Walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh." In Acts fifteen, Jesus rebuked the or Peter rebuked the disciples. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, rebuked the Pharisees and saying, "Why are you trying to control these people?" Um, and it's not right. So just read. Um, Acts 15, why are you putting on the, the necks of the disciple a yoke that them that their fathers have not been able to bear? And so when a person controls us, we, we, we're wearing a yoke. You can't see it with the human eye, but you can feel it. It's, it's grueling, shaping, annoying. Being controlled by another person is a yoke that is grueling, annoying, shaping, vexing, and not only produces the fruit of the flesh, 
because it's idolatry. Deuteronomy 32 says that when they worship God, they worship demons who were not God, and God get, got jealous. He got angry. He turned them over to jealousy. He turned them over to anger. He turned them over to fear, terror. He turned them over to the teeth of beasts. Uh, you can just see the progression of demonization because of idolatry. And because of this, uh, people that are controlled are bitter and they're angry and they're depressed. And there's just lots of different other negative spirits that go with that. Galatians 1 says it was freedom that Christ set you free. Do not subject yourself again to a yoke of bondage. And God doesn't want us to be slaves to any man or woman. In Jeremiah 17, it says, Cursed is the man who makes flesh his arm, who trusts in man and makes flesh his arm. And basically, if we let someone control us, we're trusting in that person rather than God. Christ calls us to freedom. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom and liberty. And to wear the yoke of Jesus, I have to be willing to give up control of my life to come under his control. Allowing myself to be controlled by another person other than Jesus conforms me into their image. So many times you see people that are controlled look like the person that controls them. You know, Romans 8 says we go through things that we might be conformed into the image of Christ. And so when you let someone else control you, you're conformed into their image. You get their familiar spirit. And through a soul tie, you get all their negative demons. You get their sicknesses, their diseases, their demons, their perversions, and whatever. And now let's just look at some of the things that goes on in the life of a person that's a controller that makes him and her a controller. What a, you can see things that happen in a, in a child's, in a child's uh, upbringing. Especially, you know, if a, if a child grows up in a, in a dysfunctional family, uh, sometimes to keep their world of chaos in order, they take control. And, they're in, and it's because of fear that they're controlling because when they don't control, everything goes haywire. So they grab control. And even though they don't even really trust themselves, they trust themselves more than they trust authority figures. And so a controlling spirit is motivated by fear. And a child uh, learns early to keep his world of chaos in order through taking control. There's generational control also. A controlling spirit can come down through the generations. Um, and witchcraft, Satanism, and the occult, uh, a controlling spirit can come down through that. An antichrist spirit, distrust of authority, uh, lack of uh, protection, Lack of provision, lack of nurture by parents opens a person up to fear, so they grabbed control. Maybe even having to uh, bring their self up because they didn't have a mom and dad that was there at home to, to train them up or to raise them. They just had to raise their self. A lack of discipline also makes a controller. You know, children that are not disciplined, they're just allowed to get their way all the time. And so however a child's trained up sets a default, and that's how he does. You know, for example, and I've used this illustration so many times, but it's the best one I can think about. Like to own a computer, um, you can set a, a computer to, you know, to type a letter and use. I think there's about 300 different fonts, and you can you can change the font. But the minute you go to another letter, it the, it'll kick the computer will kick back into the way the factory set it. So basically, you and I were 
um, the factory set us by the way we were trained up. And those defaults can be broken, but they, but it it takes um, the dealing with all the experiences that happen to you, and God doesn't do it at one time. You couldn't take it. Um, earlier, I was talking to a, the precious lady that is the sponsor of this program. We were talking about <clears throat> you know we think we've <clears throat> we think we've done with, dealt with everything, but there's so many you know. In our hearts or in our spiritual garden is another word for heart. Has to, has um, there's things that happen to us generationally that we have to deal with, and you don't deal with them all at one time because you, there's just too many experiences. We're born with lots of demonic strongholds because of the sins of the parents. You say, well, you know, I don't believe that a, a Christian can have a demon, or I don't believe in curses. Well, when you go to the doctor. He, he takes a medical history of you, and they call it genes, and the Bible calls it curses. And so, um, anyway, things come on us generationally. The Bible says the sins of the parents come on the children to the third and fourth generation. And uh, so we're born with lots of stuff. And praise God for the blood of Jesus. We can put that under the blood of Jesus, and the curses can be broken. So they come in... Um, generationally to come in through fear lack of discipline just being allowed to be a little jezebel as a child to do what you want throw kick fits when you don't get what you want uh, being sexually emotionally physical and abused by parents opens us up to a controlling spirit we begin to try to control our environment our circumstances i know one girl because she was used in satanic rituals um, because she was real skinny she began to um, think that if she gained a bunch of weight, that uh, they wouldn't be sexually molesting her anymore. And so she's overweight to this day. And that, and a part of it is rooted in that lie that I have to, if I'm fat, I'm safe. Uh, being abandoned by your parents, uh, perfectionism, being a perfectionistic kind of person. You know, perfectionist people, um, they learn that they have to be uh perfect if they're going to get any type of acceptance and so they perfectionist because it's basically a man-pleasing spirit a spirit of performance if you perform perfectly then you get um, accepted or acknowledged also controlling parents uh, you receive the image of a controller you know if you grow up being controlled you're probably that you've been trained up to be controlled, so you're a person that lets everybody control you. I know a particular uh, mother that is one of the most controlling people I've ever talked to on the telephone or I've ever met, and she's always griping about her son-in-law who is a controller. You know, I told her, I said, what, you, what you've done is you've trained your daughter up to be controlled, and it's set a default uh, but the default works. You try to break out of the default. How you were trained up is how you were set at the factory. Your parents trained you up, and it set a default in your life and caused you to um, go the way that you've been trained up. You know, the Scripture says train up a child in the way he should go, and he won't depart from it. Well, the opposite of that is train up a child in the way he should not go, and um, he'll, he won't depart from that either. And so that's why... We have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's why it's a process. Sanctification takes a lifetime. And as I was sharing with the, the precious lady about 
um, the heart and things that have happened down in our hearts, things that have happened, things we've done, things that have been done to us through soul ties. Um, you can deal with you can deal with everything, but yet look at all the stuff you haven't dealt with. If you got a physical problem on the surface, you can be as repentant as you know how to be. But but sickness is rooted in sin someplace back in your heart. There's sin, or even if somebody hurts you and you let the sun go down on it, what happens is you give a foothold to the devil. I've seen people heal through. I've seen people heal through breaking soul ties. Example: There was a lady um, at at a prayer group I was in, and she um, said to me one day, she said, "Jerry, I fell." And I hit my face, and ever since then, my face has been in pain. And I said, well, did anybody ever hit you? And she said, no. Did you ever this happen? No. <clears throat> so I prayed with her, but I knew nothing happened. Later on, the lady that headed up the prayer team, the prayer group, said uh, that the lady called her later that afternoon. She said she remembered that when she was in high school, some girl slapped her in the face, and because she let the sun go down on it, here she was feeling pain in her face, and this was probably 40 years from the time it happened, or 50 years even. And so we can be, through soul ties, we can be, if somebody hits you in the stomach or face or twists your arm, if you let the sun go down on it, 50 years later you're looking for a reason why your stomach hurts or your arm hurts, and it goes back to a soul tie, of goes back to letting the sun go down on your anger. <clears throat> but anyway, it's a process because God doesn't, he doesn't show us everything at once. We could not take it. If you saw everything that you needed to deal with at one time, you couldn't take it. And I've discovered that God uses the problem to show you what he wants to heal next. And so if you can just remember when you have a problem, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? And deal with it and then break soul ties. Um, and so some other things that <clears throat> that cause a child to be a controller is distrust of authority. Um, lack of discipline, I already said that. Being sexually, emotionally, physically abused by parents. You know, if you have a daddy that's sexually abusing you, that's a yoke right there. You know, we can have more than one yoke on our neck, but when you have the yoke of Jesus, it breaks off all other other yokes. Also, abandonment by parents. Going through a divorce. Uh, perfectionism. Uh, controlling parents, I think I've already said that. Always being allowed to have your own way. The lack of proper discipline. No one to help you so you learn early to help yourself. The government's put on your shoulders because as a child you were having responsibilities that a little child shouldn't have. <clears throat> the way you get out of that is just to resign as God and Take the government off your shoulders and put it on Jesus' shoulders. That's where it belongs. Irresponsible and incompetent parents is another reason that we take control. Having to be the mommy, the daddy as a child and not being allowed to be a child. Being allowed to be lawless as a child. Parents not providing for their child. And the characteristics of a person that's a controller is that they, they're angry and they're intolerant. <clears throat> they use anger to manipulate to get their own way. Uh, I remember that if everything didn't go the way my husband wanted it to go or he didn't get his way, he would be angry for a month or two at a time. 
and they use anger to manipulate. So you do what they say because you don't want somebody to be angry at you for two months. And I want you to know in sharing all this, I'm not sharing this to tear him down. I'm sharing this because this is a life experience, and some of you may be going through the same thing. Not to badmouth my husband because I have forgiven him, but anger. They use anger to manipulate. You never can measure up to their expectations. If you jump through the uh, low hoop or the bar or you jump over the bar, they keep raising the bar. And finally, um, you can just give up because you never can please. Uh, They're morose, ungovernable, unteachable, very rarely say they're sorry. Uh, Think, you know, if they're perfectionistic, which many controllers are, if they said they were sorry or admitted they were wrong, then they wouldn't be perfect. So they have to be perfect to, um, to feel accepted. Controllers are people who have deep issues and distrust of authority. Controllers are usually people who've been hurt by authority, not be able to trust authority. So they become their own authority and knowingly or unknowingly live in rebellion. The person with a controlling spirit worships himself. He's really not worshiping God or he'd be trusting God. If you're not wearing God's yoke and you've got your own yoke on your neck, you know there are self-inflicted yokes too. A person who's being controlled is also worshiping the controller. It's all idolatry, and this is one of the roots to religious spirit. Uh, Any idea or thought contrary to what a controller thinks is not acceptable and is rejected. People with a controlling spirit can be heady, high-minded, headstrong, overbearing, implacable, highly opinionated, Jezebel has already said a Pharisee, witchcraft into witchcraft, self-trust or distrust of others, usually mated to, if you're a controller, you usually will be married to someone that you can control and they have, an Edith Bunker type. And if you're a woman, I can tell you that you end up despising that man because no woman wants a husband she can control. I don't know why women are this way. They'll do whatever they can to control and then when they get their way, they hate the man's gut. And so that's a, that's a horrible thing. And husbands, you need to rise up and be the man of your home. You need to be the spiritual leader of your home. Someone your wife is to respect you and honor you. And you've got to be, you know, you've got to win the right to be honorable. So stand up and quit letting your wife control you. If she speaks Jesus to you, you better listen. If your two-year-old speaks Jesus to you, you better listen. But you better not listen if a demon is speaking to anybody. <clears throat> Fear of being control, out of control. Fear of not being in control. I'm sorry. A person that's a controller, they have a fear of not being in control because when they're not in control, everything goes haywire or doesn't go right the way they think. A person who's a controller is in a false refuge of performance. You know, we can be in God's refuge or we can be in a false refuge. They're manipulators. They have fear of failure. They produce from the flesh. They're fruitless in a false refuge. Uh, They're bitter and they're wounded because you only get your wounds healed when you come to Jesus with your whole heart. Fearful, 
wear a yoke of slavery and rebellion, prideful, live in a state of unrest, self-sufficient. They're martyrs, uh, noble martyrs, have a a pity, poor me attitude. You know, I just have to do all these things and all these people, my subjects, don't cooperate. Uh, sometimes they're overachievers, Not, nothing wrong with being an overachiever, but if you're doing it to get accepted, something's wrong with that. Um, they operate in the with the arm of the flesh. They can be super responsible, which is great to be a responsible person. They're complainers and ungrateful, usually have a hard time um, admitting they're wrong or saying they're sorry. Um self-pity, bitter and angry at those who they control. And, you know, uh, a controller pays a high price, and so is one a person who allows himself to be controlled. They pay a high price in their physical bodies because they're in, they, are, they are in a refuge of their own making, and it opens them up to sickness and disease. Okay, so let, now let's talk about the person who... Um, See what goes on in the life of one who allows himself to be controlled. He or she is programmed and trained up to be controlled. If you're trained up to be controlled, um, you will marry someone who is a controller. And you know, when you make when we make a judgment on our parents, we'll either marry someone like our parents or we'll be like our parents. Um they have domineering and controlling parents that set them up a default to be controlled. They have an Ahab parent maybe that they are uh, resentful toward. Uh, maybe if a child's overprotected, um, hovered over, he can be a person who is easily controlled. Uh, never given the opportunity to fail or to, to choose or to say no. A uh, parent does everything for the child, which destroys their uh, incentive. Angry, raging, demanding parents opens the child up to fear of, of not being controlled and fear of man. And the Bible says fear of man brings a snare. So wherever we fear man more than God, we're snared. A snare is a trap. Or it's a noose for catching someone. You receive a lie to keep peace. You just have to perform. Keep on jumping those hoops. Uh, another reason that a controller, a person that's controlled, allows himself to be controlled is fear of parents or uh, a controller's wrath, fear of making somebody mad. Uh, rejection is another. Uh, and the characteristics of a person who's controlled is he lacks confidence in his own ability to make a decision or to move out. He can be mindless. Because he's used to, like, example again, is Edith Bunker. She was mindless, confused, confounded, waits, waits to receive orders before they move out. They're, way, they're so used to being controlled, they don't move unless they get orders from a person. And, of course, we're supposed to only get our orders from God. That's a good thing if we're waiting for God to give us orders. But if we're waiting for a human to give us orders, then that's not good. Fear of not pleasing the controller, fear of making the controller mad, fear of failure, 
uh, fear of the anger of the controller. Uh, a person that's used to being controlled is a procrastinator because and that usually comes in when he's growing up. He would try to make a decision, and the parent would say, now, why would you do it this way? You should have done it that way. Why would you do this? You should have done it this way. So it opens up to fear making a decision because if I make one, it might be wrong, and I don't want to be rejected, so I procrastinate. Uh, and if, if if you and I move without orders, uh, I may do it wrong and suffer the consequences. And can I say if we move without God's orders, we're going to suffer the consequences. Um, people that are controlled are kind of like in a circle of control. They've been trained up to be controlled, so it sets a default of control. An example would be a slavery. Um, for example, um, if you put, an a- you put an animal in a circle, for example, and every time he starts to get out and you put an electric wire around the circle, I mean you put electric wire around the circle, and every time he starts to get out of that circle, he gets shocked. Eventually you can take down the wire and that animal will never leave the circle. That's what happened with slavery. A lot of times people, uh, African-Americans who were enslaved, and by the way, um, I have some of my best friends are African-Americans. God, God, our, you know, our blood's all the same color, and God is no respecter of persons, and I dearly, dearly, dearly love African-Americans and Hispanic people, and um, I'm 57th variety like what I am. Uh, God wants us to love people, and if we love Jesus, we're going to love people, and we're not going to be a respecter of person. We're going to look beyond the outward into the heart. <clears throat> but um, African Americans, even after um, the laws were passed that slavery was over, they still lived like slaves because they were. that's how they were trained. Praise God, all that can be broken. So that circle of control can be broken. <clears throat> They're passive, lethargy, apathy. Um, not a strong leader. I heard something the day, if I can remember, if you are a follower, you never get to make a decision where you're going or something like that. I thought that was really good. It was uh, a guy in our, a precious man in our church whose son went to, um, I think it was Washington, D.C., and they talked to some of the Christian politicians, and, and that was a quote and I'm not quoting it exactly. Let me see if I can think of it. It said, um, followers never get to choose. I guess it was something like that. A person that's, that's used to being controlled, he'd rather switch than fight. And he's in a false refuge. Receives an image of the controller. He becomes like the controller. Another thing is, if a person is being controlled, and I see this in marriages, and I see it um, in other people's lives, but if I'm letting somebody control me, I'm living the life of that person rather than letting living the life that Christ has me here for. Does that make sense? Uh, God has a destiny for me. Um, I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works that he prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. And so God knew all the good works. He knew exactly what he wanted me to do. But if I'm letting somebody else control me, I'm living their life rather than living the life that Christ has for me here on this earth. And I can think of nothing worse than standing before the Lord and have him say, you know, you didn't, uh, because you didn't do this or you didn't do that, 
uh, depart from me, I never knew you. I want God to say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I I know I have a long way to go, but I, it's certainly a desire of my heart. A person that's, a, that's controlled has a low self-esteem. He lacks confidence. Uh, he's not a person of action. He waits for someone to give him instructions, and he don't want to risk doing it wrong. He performs according to the controller. He has an unloving spirit, self-hatred, self-bitterness, unforgiveness of self. He's being nitpicked by the controller. He fears uh, fears stymies my fate because fears faith in what the devil says rather than what God says. And fear stymies me from doing anything. He's indecisive. He does. He does not. Um, he does nothing for the fear of making a mistake. He lives in confusion. He's confounding, confound, mixed up, down, uneasy. Uh, he's a person that stuffs their emotions because if I'm used to being controlled, I'm not used to being able to share my feelings, and so I have a tendency to stuff my emotions. And if you're a person that doesn't speak the truth in love and you keep everything stuffed, can I tell you that eventually it'll work out in cancer and every other kind of malady. We have to we have to get to we cannot be people that stuff things. We've got to get everything out on the table, speak the truth in love, talk it over with a person. If they get mad, foam at the mouth, have a fit and fall in it, I still have to speak the truth in love. Get your feelings out because it's been proven that people that have cancer and sickness or people that are, are tend to, are t- have a tendency to stuff their emotions. In fact, I've lost probably eight really good friends, and I mean really close friends, and every one of them were people that stuffed their emotions, grew up with tra- in traumatic uh, situations and traumatic childhood and were, was totally controlled, people that allowed people to control them. And so... God does not want you to let anybody control you. He does not want you to stuff your emotions. He tells you to speak the truth in love. And if you don't have a clear conscience, you can't speak the truth in love. It hinders you from having freedom of speech. Where it says in First John 3.21, if your conscience is clear, you have confidence in God. The word confidence means faith and trust in God, but it also means freedom of speech. And so when you, can't, when you don't have freedom of speech in an area, it's because there's something down in your heart that's not been dealt with. And so whatever the problem is, God has something to show you and to teach you. A person that's being controlled finds it hard to express how they feel. It can be one of the roots of migraine headaches and neck problems, self-doubt. Um, not not um, slow to be able to discern. They lack discernment. That's the best way to say it. Lack understanding. The Bible says the people with understand, without understanding are ruined. They live in a stupor. To cope with the control, they sometimes isolate themselves, get away from people because I'm used to being controlled and the only piece I can get is to get off by myself. They're swallowed up. 
the scripture says in Galatians, brethren, see to it you don't bite and devour one another lest you be consumed by one another, which means eaten up by one another. You can actually swallow people up in the spirit through um, speaking negative words. They're in a world of their own sometimes to cope. Uh, they can they just check out emotionally sometimes, aloof, not good listeners. You know, people that you can tell something and three months later you tell them again, oh, I didn't know that. Well, I told you three months ago. You know, Jesus said to him who has ears, let him hear. If you're not a good listener, you'll never be a good counselor because you've got to listen to people. And if you can't listen, you're never going to learn what's going on in somebody's life. Um, Not good communicators, being conformed to the image of the controller, Rebellion inwardly or outwardly, which is witchcraft, aborted efforts. Uh, the scripture says, and I believe it's in James, like a trampled spring and a polluted well is a man who gives way before the wicked. So if I'm a person that gives way through somebody's anger, some person that's wicked or somebody that's controlled me, I'm like a polluted well and a trampled spring. Have you ever seen a polluted well in Trample Spring? It means I've got bitter, nasty water coming forth from my life. Um, They never accomplish God's purpose for their existence. They live a fruitless life. You know, it's a sin for us to control other people, and it's a sin for us to let somebody control us. And if we've been guilty of these things, of controlling others or being uh, controlled, we need to repent. And it's only the resurrected Jesus Christ in us that can give us the power to overcome the spirit of control. And those of you who've been controlled, God can take care of your Jezebel, the Jezebel or Jezebels in your life. And those who are controlling because of fear, you need to let give up and let God be in control. It's only the resurrected Jesus Christ in a person's life that can give you the power and the courage to stand up against Jezebel. So the question is, will you confess to him and then let him take over um, and neutralize the poison of a controlling spirit? And for you and I to fulfill the purpose of our existence, we'll never do it. If we control other people, or we let people control us. And, you know, I'm not talking about submission to authority. God tells wives we're to submit to authority as unto the Lord. But you don't have to obey demons. You need to stand up for right, stand for righteousness. For, by the, for, where the, for whom the sun sets free shall be free indeed. And I'm going to pray with you, and I hope you've been repenting over this uh, over these scriptures that we shared, over the things I've shared. And, um, you know, the greatest deliverance that you can have is is making Jesus the Lord and Master of your life. If you're listening and you don't have assurance of where you'll spend eternity, you need to present your body to God as a living sacrifice, being, being willing to take up your cross and follow him. Derek Prince says your your cross is not your mother, your father, your controller, your controlling your cross is not your bills your cross is not um your daughter-in-law not your children not your mate your cross is every place your will crosses god's will 
So we have to be willing for us to follow Jesus. We have to be willing to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow the Lord. You know, I accepted the Lord uh, when I was 18 years old at a Billy Graham crusade, but I wasn't saved till about five years later. My life never changed. If you have received Jesus and your life has never changed, you need to be born again. And that comes through being willing to die to your life, to forsake all, to follow him. And so if you'll pray with me, Father, in Jesus' name, I choose to present my body to you, Lord, as a living sacrifice. I've been controlled, and I've been a controller. And, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you break the power of this controlling spirit over my life in the name of Jesus. Uh, God, forgive me for fear of man that has brought a snare. Forgive me in the name of Jesus, Lord. I forgive my parents for training me up to be controlled. Uh, I forgive my um, my parents for the dysfunction. Uh, I forgive people that have controlled me, depressed me, discouraged me, aggrieved me. Thank you that you said you'll stand up against the oppressor. Forgive me for pride and not humbling myself. Forgive me for fear of not being controlled or fear fear of being. Forgive me for fear of not being in control and forgive me for fear of not letting somebody control me. Uh, I forgive every person that's controlled me, my mother and father. I forgive them for training me up uh, in fear. Uh, I forgive them, Lord, that uh, I grew up in dysfunction. I forgive my parents that I just kind of had to raise myself. Forgive me for having a Jezebel spirit. Forgive me for unbelief and doubt. Forgive me for being somebody, a slave. Forgive me for wanting power. Forgive me for lack of confidence, not having confidence in you. Forgive me for not walking in the spirit. Forgive me for living after the flesh. Forgive me for living after other people's flesh. Forgive me for not putting to death the deeds of the flesh. Forgive me for not being led by your spirit. Forgive me for receiving a spirit of slavery, causing my life to be dominated with fear. Forgive me for holding on to my life and, and, and uh, being uh, making self my God. Forgive me for idolatry. God, I ask you to forgive me for a sorcery. Forgive me for sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy. Forgive me for outbursts of anger. Forgive me for disputes and factions and dissensions, envying, drunkenness, spiritual drunkenness, physical drunkenness, carousing. God, forgive me for practicing these things. Turn from my sin. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. God, forgive me for letting an antichrist spirit work in me. Forgive me for a pharisaical spirit, for having a religious spirit. Forgive me for witchcraft. Forgive me for manipulating other people, making people my slaves. Forgive me for letting myself be enslaved. Forgive me for receiving a yoke of bondage leading to fear. God, forgive me for um, being a slave of men and a slave of women. Forgive me for not, if I'm a man, forgive me for not being the spiritual leader of my home. Uh, Forgive me for letting my wife control me. If you're a wife, forgive me for controlling my husband out of fear. Forgive me for not walking in faith. 
Forgive me for not leaving any room for anyone to be individual. Forgive me for not giving people liberty, for for the Spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. Forgive me for putting a yoke on other people. Forgive me for wearing any yoke that's not the yoke of Jesus. Forgive me for subjecting myself to a yoke of bondage after you set me free. Forgive me for being a slave of men and women. God, you said to come unto you because you labor and are heavy laden. And you said you'll give me rest. And I come under your yoke now, Lord. It's light and easy. And I just take the sword of the spirit and I cut every other yoke off my neck. So be praying with me. And Lord, I receive your yoke, the yoke of Jesus. Forgive me for... Trusting in man and in the flesh. Forgive me for allowing myself to be conformed to the image of another person. Forgive me for fear. And Lord, forgive me that when I was a child to keep my world of chaos in order, I took on a spirit of control because of fear. I forgive my forefathers for their controlling spirit. I break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses of Jezebel, Ahab, Antichrist spirit, witchcraft, Satanism. Forgive me for distrusting authority. I forgive my mother and father that I couldn't trust them. I forgive them for not protecting me and not providing for me, not nurturing me if they didn't. Um, I forgive them for opening me up to fear. I forgive them for not disciplining me and not uh, teaching me that wrong choices, bad behavior, there's consequences. I forgive my parents for not protecting me. I forgive them if they sexually, emotionally, physically abused me or let anyone else do that to me. Mm -hmm. I forgive them for abandonment. I forgive them for perfectionism, for controlling. I forgive my parents for being controlling. Forgive me for judging my parents. Um, I forgive my parents for always letting me have my own way and the lack of proper discipline, for not training me up in the way I should go. I forgive them that I had no one to help me. I had to help myself. Uh, I forgive my parents for putting the government on my shoulders because of their irresponsibility and their incompetence. I had to take care of everything. And I and I realize some of these things doesn't apply to you, but, you know, it can apply to your forefathers. So go ahead and confess it. It isn't going to hurt if you confess it. And I want to say this. Um, a friend of mine brought this to my attention the other day. You know, when I lead you in prayers, if, if this isn't from your heart, it isn't going to do a bit of good. Repentance isn't just repeating a prayer. Repentance is being genuinely sorry for what you're doing and changing directions. So I want to say that. Um, also, I forgive my parents that I had to be the mommy or the daddy uh, for them allowing me to be lawless and rebellious, not providing for me. Lord, forgive me for anger and intolerance, manipulating others to anger. And I forgive everyone who has controlled me or manipulated me through anger. 
Uh, forgive them that I never could measure up and forgive me that I've been the kind of person that other people couldn't measure up to my expectations. Forgive me for perfectionism. Lord, I ask you to heal all of my childhood wounds. I forgive mother and father and authority figures for hurting me. Lord, forgive me that I became my own authority. Knowingly or unknowingly, I've been living in rebellion. Forgive me for worshiping myself. You know, I can say this is true of the controller, but the person that allows himself to be controlled is also has a God of self because he's trying to keep himself out of trouble. So he lets whoever control him. Lord, forgive me for being snared through fear of man. Forgive me for fear of man, and I forgive everyone that's rejected me. Forgive me for not giving other people uh, the the liberty to think differently than I think. Uh, Forgive me, Lord, for fighting to get control. Forgive me for being heady, high-minded, headstrong, overbearing, implacable, highly opinionated, prideful. Forgive me for trusting myself and distrusting others. I forgive my mother and father for um, that they were Jezebel Ahab, and Lord, now I find myself in the same situation for judging them. Forgive me for all the times I let the sun go down on my anger. I forgive my parents for training me up to be controlled. I forgive them for training me up to be a controller. Forgive me for being in a false refuge, for being a performer, a manipulator. Forgive me for fear of failure, producing from the flesh, being fruitless in a false refuge. Lord, I come into your refuge. Forgive me for being bitter, angry, wounded, fearful. I forgive every person who's ever wounded me. Uh, Forgive me for not walking in the spirit. Forgive me for being self-sufficient. Forgive me for wanting people to notice me. Forgive me for being complainer and ungrateful. Forgive me for being a person that has a hard time admitting I'm wrong. And forgive me for not... uh, being able to say I'm sorry, forgive me for the pride, forgive me for living in a state of unrest, forgive me for self-pity, being a martyr, being bitter and angry toward the people I've controlled, and forgive me, Lord, for being bitter and angry toward the person who's controlled me. God, I forgive my parents for programming me and training me up to be controlled. I forgive my parents for being domineering and controlling parents. Forgive me for all the times I let the sun go down on my anger and judge my parents. I forgive my parents that they were Ahab and Jezebel. I forgive them for overprotecting me, never giving me the opportunity to fail or to choose, not to teach me how to choose. I forgive them for slambasting me every time I made a wrong decision, which has caused me to be a procrastinator. Forgive me for procrastinating. I forgive my parents that they did everything for me, which has destroyed my incentive. Forgive me for being angry and raging and demanding. 
I forgive my parents for being that way. Forgive me for fear of man that's brought a snare. Forgive me for believing a lie that I have to keep to keep the peace I have to perform. Uh, God, forgive me for fear of uh, parents, fear of making people mad. I forgive my parents and everyone who's rejected me. Forgive me for lacking confidence. Lord, I should have confidence in you. You said you'd guide me and direct me. I want you to control me, Lord. Forgive me for being mindless. Forgive me for waiting for somebody to give me orders before I move out. Lord, I want you to be the one that gives me the orders to move out. Forgive me for fear of not pleasing uh, my parents or the controller. Forgive me for fear of failure, fear of anger, fear of the anger of the controller. Forgive me for procrastinating in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for fear of doing it wrong, making a wrong decision. Lord, I break out of that circle of control in the name of Jesus. Lord, I take the sword of the Spirit and I cut every person who's listening to this message out of this circle of control. I break the power of passivity, apathy, listlessness, lethargy. Uh, I break the power of rejection, fear of man, fear of failure, fear of what people think, fear of saying no, fear of speaking the truth in love. Lord, forgive me for stuffing my emotions and not speaking the truth in love. Forgive me that I've been a person that'd rather switch than fight. Forgive me for going into a false re- uh, refuge and receiving the image of the controller. Forgive me for let, uh, letting living the life of the controller rather than the life that you have for me. Forgive me for low self-esteem, lack of confidence. Um, forgive me for not being a person of action, not being a strong leader. Lord, forgive me for not being this um Forgive me for performing according to the controller. Forgive me for self-rejection, self-hate, self-bitterness, unforgiveness of self, the unloving spirit, the antichrist spirit. Forgive me for fear and being indecisive. Uh, God, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me for fear of making mistakes, confusion, Stuffing my emotions, Lord. Forgive me that uh, for following the voice of a stranger and not just listening to your voice. Forgive me for um, asking you to show me how to express myself. And Lord, I just renounce migraine headaches that came in through control or neck problems that came in through wearing the wrong yoke. Self-doubt. The lack of discernment, lack of understanding. I ask you to remove the stupor spirit. <clears throat> Lord, forgive me for isolating myself rather than just speaking the truth in love. Forgive me for checking out emotionally, being aloof, not a good listener. God, give me ears to hear. Dig out, excavate, and uh, open up my ears. Conform me to your image, Lord. Forgive me for rebellion, aborted efforts, being like a trampled spring and a polluted well. Forgive me for being bitter and angry. Lord, forgive me for not standing up against the wicked. The wicked are the, is the demonic voices that speak through the controller. Forgive me, Lord, for um, not accomplishing 
your purpose in my life. Lord, I get on the potter's wheel. I come under your control. Forgive me for living a fruitless life. And I ask you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you'll break the spirit of controlling off me and break the power of the spirit that caused me to be controlled. I break the power of a controlling spirit. I repent of allowing myself to be controlled, and I repent of controlling others. And, Lord, I pray that your resurrected life in me, Lord, I ask that you move upon each person with your mighty Holy Spirit. Um, And I ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, that you will give them the power of the grace to stand up, the gift of repentance, uh, to stand up, the boldness to stand up against the Jezebel spirit in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you that you can give me power. Lord, I choose in the name of Jesus for you to take over my life and neutralize the poison of the controlling spirit. And, Lord, I want to fulfill your purpose in my life in the name of Jesus. And I break in Jesus' name the power of control over me. And I come under your yoke, and I thank you that whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. In the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of control, the controlling spirit, the antichrist spirit. In the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit that oppresses them. In the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit that would make them gloomy, oppress them, keep them down. I break the power of slavery over them. I break the power of the spirits that overwhelm them. I pray every spirit that causes there to be low in spirits, go. All spirits that depress them, oppress them, sadden them, weigh them down, take them, make them a slave. All spirits that enthrall them, subjugate them. I command you to go now. All fear in Jesus' name, fear of man, rejection, fear of what people think, fear of what, uh, a fear of doing it wrong, fear of making a mistake, passivity, apathy, lethargy, um, in the name, procrastination, I command you to go. Physical and emotional burdens, all spirits that have encumbered them, loaded them down, overburdened them, I command you to go. All spirits that have Cause them to be overstrained, tasked, handicapped, charge them, weighed them down. I command you to go. All spirits that have depressed them, oppressed them, saddled them, come out now. All spirits that have strained them, dampened them, cast them down, discouraged them, disheartened them. You leave now in the name of Jesus. All spirits that have dispirited them, oppressed them, saddened them, weighed them down, go. All spirits that have treated them injuriously or unjustly, All spirits of affliction has to go. Ill treatment, go. All spirits that cause them to be wronged, um, uh, in Jesus' name, distress has to go. Harm has to go. All spirits that cause them to be maltreated, you have to go. Torture, all spirits of torture, torment, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, anger, jealousy, uh, fear, torment, terror has to go. All spirits of oppressed them and and pressure them has to go. Every spirit that would not confess Jesus is Lord that came into the sins they confessed has to go now in Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord, to pour out your mighty Holy Spirit upon every person. Even now, Lord, I ask you to release your anointing in me to move out to every person who's listening to this message and move on them with your healing, delivering power. And I break, I take the sword of the Spirit and I break off every yoke from their necks. Self-inflicted yokes, the yokes of others, controlling witchcraft, I break it in Jesus' name. And we take accountability for all these things that have come down generationally. Lord, we ask you to start with Adam and Eve and let your cleansing blood flow down through our bloodline 
washing away any ground Satan's had in our life through controlling spirits or being controlled, uh, through witchcraft, through uh, Satanism, through uh, fear of man. I break it in Jesus' name. We break soul ties with all of our forefathers, and we break soul ties with everyone who has controlled us and everyone we've controlled. We cut with the sword of the spirit every cord of control linking their souls to ours. We call back our soul and human spirit from them, send back their souls and human spirits back to them. Exchange their image for the image of Christ. Now, every demonic spirit has to go. Every familiar spirit has to go. Sickness, distress, disease. You have to go. Depression, you have to go. In the name of Jesus, we break your power in Jesus' name. We command all witchcraft to leave now in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus. And just, Lord, I pray with me, Lord, I ask you to fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control in Jesus' name. Now, if anybody needs personal prayer, if you'll call in at 46, I'm sorry, 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. I'll be happy to pray for you. If you would like to um, email me, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G L lowercase G-E-R-I-M-C. G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net And also you can go on our website at jerrymcgee.com All lowercase G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E dot com And uh, appreciate those of you who support our ministry uh, And also the ministry of Dorothy Carruthers Who uh, is the sponsor of this website Uh, You can uh, send a donation through PayPal to her it's D Churchy number one at hotmail.com. And uh, also on my website, if you'd like to support us, we thank you for your faithfulness, those of you who do support us. You can go to our website, and there's a place where you can send a donation by PayPal. And we're not in this for the money, but we just thank God for all of your gifts and, and for your help. It really helps, even though I don't take a salary. Um, it costs money to run an office and have a secretary and have people work for you so that you can minister. So uh, also you can write me at Post Office Box 1141, Lindell, Texas, in care of uh, Abiding Life Ministries. And our address is Post Office Box 1141, um, Lindell, Texas, 75771. Um on my website, there's just probably at least 100 free CDs you can listen to with deliverance prayers. You can also go and find us on Nemo or on YouTube.com. Uh, I would like to draw your attention to a book called Clearing the Land. Basically, it's a it's a repentance book that I had printed in 1985. But in the book, it's got all the Bible curses. It's got occult things. It's got sins you can confess and prayers to pray and I have so many people tell me they actually got delivered when they went through the book so I encourage you to do that I think it's ten dollars you can order it through jerrymcgee.com also there's a book on drunkenness uh is it a blessing or curse it shows you the drunkenness in the church um and in that book I use every scripture on drunk drunken um sober alert Uh, to show you that drunkenness is not a blessing, but it's a curse. 
If you'd like a meeting uh, held in your city or in your church, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. I have monthly meetings in Duncanville, Texas, the first Saturday of each month at 10 o'clock from 10 to usually 12.30 or 1, and I teach one message, and then I pray personally for people afterwards. And that's at the Hilton Garden Inns, located at exit 462 in Duncanville off of Interstate 20, with Interstate 20, uh, which runs south of, of Dallas. But it's at exit 462. Uh, when you go into that hotel, you take a right beside the desk, the front desk, and go all the way to the end of the hall and where the last room on the right starts at 10. It's free to attend. Uh, we do take up a love offering because we have to pay for the hotel. But um, anyway, I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp in, in November camp. And I encourage you to go to Lake Hamilton. We have prayer teams that pray for people. And there's not many places that we can go and people can go to in America to get their broken lives healed. And um, that's one place I know where you can really get uh, major deliverance. And we pray for people usually from 6 to 9 o'clock every morning and you can go if you're interested in going to lake hamilton bible camp go to lake hamilton com, and you can get information it's basically very cheap to attend and um i don't know of any place in america where you can get more freedom and more deliverance and so um i should be having a, a meeting in louisiana pretty soon I, it's not been set up yet but anyway um Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you for your support, and especially thank you for your prayers. Uh, We certainly appreciate your prayers and need your prayers. And uh, I pray for you, even though I don't pray for you by name, I pray for every person who listens in because I don't know you personally. But anyway, thank you for listening in. I thank Dorothy Carruthers for sponsoring this program, and I hope hope you'll listen again on the first the first Tuesday of October now. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you.